Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comic Zero Field Report. The Comic Zero Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast Network, and that is why on episode 134, it still reads on your favorite podcast book for Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Did I mispronounce the word platform? Probably, but they misspelled the word believe, so who gives a shit? Um, I still haven't got ahead in months, so I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but uh, this is the way that the podcast gets introed in, and I'm in too deep to change it. So, um, we'll get on to this week's amazing guest, amazing comedian, amazing writer uh you know i'll throw an amazing human being in there because he is oh, wow please give it up for curtis cook everybody <laughs> what's up man hey i didn't know that you were part of a network that changes everything i thought you were just some guy <laughs> i mean don't get it twisted i am some guy that happens to be on a network that is very much the feel of this <laughs> podcast I like basically met with the head once and he's like, you going to do this? And I'm like, cool. And he didn't tell me that Believe was stuck in the name of every podcast on their network. And uh, I oh. only later found out like, oh, I have to edit, edit all these. <laughs> so I have streamlined a way to edit it in 20 minutes or less. Hey, all right. Congratulations. Which is the only way I would ever do this. <laughs> Yeah, I, some people get obsessive, uh, you know, can I cut out every time I say like, uh, or uh, or uh, like, n- no. It all stays in, unless you specifically request me to cut something out, it all goes in. <laughs> oh, it's nice to know the options there. Yep, 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 yeah, absolutely. How are you, Curtis? I'm good, man. I feel like I saw you like two days ago and it ruined me for this podcast because now I know that you're alive and you're doing okay. <laughs> oh, so wait, why do you, why the operative word choice ruined? You were like, what? you wanted to be a surprise whether I was alive or not? I was like, oh, what an interesting opportunity to catch up with Jake. But then we did it in person and now I'm like, Ugh, now we're just lying to each other and the audience. But I'll still have a nice time. That sounded more negative than I meant it to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty we did. We, we did we did see each other at uh, Permanent Records Roadhouse for Permanent Vacation, a great comedy show. Curtis had an amazing set. You know, I feel like I caught up with you twice because I saw your set, which was... All new stuff, which I had never seen, which is great. Oh, thanks, uh, man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I feel like that is, that's like, your set should be a set that Dave Chappelle is strapped to a chair and, <laughs> like, has his eyes, like, like, like uh, Clockwork Orange style opened. And, like, this is how you talk about trans people <laughs> as a straight cis comedian, you dickwad. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I appreciate that very much. I feel like I feel like the right thing to do is for me to be like, I, as a cis person, and will never be the definitive voice, and I'm happy simply to have crafted a joke that hopefully doesn't offend. But right, right. Well, I, that I mean, that's a uh, part of the amazing thing about your comic. I feel like sometimes there are stand-ups or even sketching or just like in anything in comedy where they their their qualifiers with their bits come at a at, at like they're worried about um someone getting offended but like in a way that feels performative and i feel like there's genuine care and concern where you you add all these asterisks as you go through a, a bit of yours and they they end up also being funny too because you do care <laughs> thanks man yeah I, that's what happens when you start comedy doing open mics at liberal arts colleges you gotta right. be like look i read the same books as you please let me tell this joke <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i think i think your comedy is a testament to for all those free speech defenders out there on the front lines on their goddamn phone thinking that <laughs> they're saving comedy I mean, there is there is a better way. There is a way to be more inclusive and at without the expense of like being funny, if that's what your concern is. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think that it's more exciting to try and uh, do that than fucking double down, be some old piece of shit crying mm -hmm. about something that's not real. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, yeah. What have you been thinking about this a lot? I mean, it, I get asked about cancel culture quite a bit, especially with some, somebody in my position. USA Today asked me about it. <laughs> USA Today asked me about that and like, oh, are, is there like a rise in comedian attacks and I'm, because of like Chappelle? And oh, Chappelle. yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm like, no, we've always been that threat of getting attacked on stage. Uh, it's just the rich ones that are now clutching their pearls. <laughs> That's a, that's actually an aberration that has nothing to do with us normally. Yeah. There's a, there's a book. I imagine maybe you've read it called I killed. Oh yeah. 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 And like every other story is like, this guy tried to attack me. This guy tried to shoot me. This guy ran me out of town. It's like, damn. All right. Yeah. Heckler destroy or comedian destroy hecklers videos have been around since almost the inception of YouTube. Yeah. And I remember one of the first clips I saw was like a guy, a guitar comic, getting his guitar taken from him and then beaten with it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I shouldn't support violence in a public forum, but it was a guitar comic, so I'm on the <laughs> Yep. Yep. And uh, very uh, wisely, I guess, I guess, I don't know. There's no audio to that clip that I've heard. It's like, I haven't heard, like, is it a funny guitar comedy song? Oh, they, they exist. They, they exist. They, they cut it because they knew that they were right to get hit. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It didn't seem like cell phone footage. It also seemed like a long time ago because it was very grainy. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do think about it a lot, you know, because there's all these sort of, um, gray areas or double standards or, you know, the people kind of being hypocritical with what they say, or like, you know, they, they have these placeholder ideas 
to sort of make them feel comfortable in, in this sort of argument with like, uh, you know, funny's just funny, but they'll, when you point out comedy is subjective, they'll be like, of course it is. I'm like, well, <laughs> then, yeah. I mean, yeah, funny is funny to y you, and then it's different to someone else. Yeah, I've, uh, I kind of feel like I kind of reformatted a lot of things over the quarantine or pandemic mm -hmm. at the, at the peak of the pandemic. And now like, I don't, uh, I think before I would get like kind of angry. Cause I would be like, man, your belief system is so frazzled. What are you doing? Like what's going on? And I'm like, oh, like they don't have a belief system. They just like have done the math and know how to make money. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Getting mad at like a 40 year old comedian for being racist and then being confused when someone says mean about them is like getting mad at Candace Owens for lacking consistency. They don't care. They just want the cash. Right. And like at this point, it, you know, I, I, I like to believe that the idea of the concept of news is telling stories that inform and educate us on something new that is happening, hence news. And with that idea, <laughs> we shouldn't hear anything else about Kanye doing anything crazy. Oh man, yeah, that would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's... he's gonna buy Parlor? What, oh, the, that is the least surprising thing I read today. <laughs> it, it has been, I didn't have, I didn't have never had a lot of faith. This is, sounds like such a fucking arrogant thing to say. <laughs> I haven't had like a lot of faith in people for a long time, but like one of the things I at one point felt relatively confident that people of our age would be able to do is maybe let go of celebrities at a certain point. And I am like devastated that the only thing I thought we might get done is beyond us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 real and for I feel like that is true in a communal sense somewhat, but at the same time, like the people that have will absolutely not not let go of um, celebrities as their like personal little like saints or whatever that they look up to yeah. are so loud <laughs> that they create their own podcasts and reverence to them and dedicate like entire subreddits and shit how do you feel about that with like what you, what you do now not to say that at all that you're like on the same uh level with those people but like i imagine that you had a certain rever reverence reverent reverence Re reverence yeah reverence for uh for comedy at one point and grew up looking up to people and aspiring to be like those people and your entire life has been dedicated to the promotion and benefit of this thing that you've spent years figuring out and being behind right. the scenes on, like, has that faded for you? And now has it taken up a different place in your heart? No, it hasn't faded. I feel like if it was person dependent, you know, uh, like if I had based like all my comedy hopes and dreams on the past of like Louis CK and Bill Cosby, <laughs> You know, yeah, I would be wrecked and my name would be W. Kamal Bell and I'd make a whole documentary about it. But um, <laughs> I I have always been in reverence of the art form. Um, mm. And I think that has seen me through a lot. Like the art form, the community, the scene, which isn't um, actuated into like a single person. 
if that makes sense. Like I, oh, sure. yeah. So, you know, when I, you know, I like a lot of us in comedy, I, I like loved Louie and then all that shit came out and that New York Times expose specifically came out and I read it and then I listened to Hilarious like probably 12 hours later and like, oh, this is like super not funny anymore. <laughs> Not only, yeah, it's like oh, this sort of uh, uh, distance you were led to believe that he had from his observations is actually not there, and he's the piece of shit that he's talking about. I can see that. I yeah. See that. And so, like, when that came about, it wasn't so much like, oh, you know, the world of com my personal world of comedy is rocked. Um, what, what will we do with no Louis C.K.? I was like, oh... Yeah, I'll just like go watch Rory Scovel or Kyle Kinane <laughs> or any number of brilliant comedians that I already loved. Yeah, there's something both comforting and disheartening at how immediately replaceable all of us are. <laughs> right. Um, and I guess that is part of part of the the flame that keeps keeps us going, keeps us. You know, it, it keeps us warm, but it also is like if it gets too close, it'll burn you. Yeah. 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 Well, luckily we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, so I it seems as though through through uh lockdown through quarantine, you've uh gotten to uh write a bunch. You're writing on this fool, yes? Yeah, I'm writing on this fool. Uh that's been a lot Critically of fun. Critically acclaimed uh Hulu comedy this fool. Um how has that experience been? Really good. Mm -hmm. Also, if it was bad, I would still, I mean, like, this is one of those questions where it's like, I'm not going to hop on a mic and be like, let me tell you this about my job. <laughs> but, sure. But it has legitimately been a lot of fun. It's been very informative. And uh, this feels like a stock answer, but like, I, I feel, I feel happy to be working in an environment where like the stock interview answer is also like the sincere, real opinion. It's sure. really cool to get to see like Chris Estrada, an LA yeah. comic who I, yeah gotten to work with over the years like have his voice be represented and build the right. show on what right. he wants and like that's just not something that i'd gotten to see until this point and it's been really fun yeah absolutely uh i it's interesting to me based off of what we we're talking about that frankie quinones's character who plays this uh recent re recently released uh convict from prison is the cousin to chris estrada's character um see feels so genuinely behind the times <laughs> but like he's trying to do better kind of maybe uh like so what is the sort of thought process in the writer's room how do you so like how do you guys make someone who is like problematic likable <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> That's one of the things I think that there they there were a lot of conversations about it because everyone wants to be safe and respectful. Mm -hmm. uh, but it ended up I feel like it's one of those things where like there was a lot of conversation and then it ended up being relatively simple for them to figure out because I mm -hmm. think it's like he was been in prison for years, so it's not like he's just some jackass who hasn't learned anything that he's face to face with. He's like got to catch up in a million different ways. Mm -hmm. So I think that buys him back a little bit and he grows each time, I think mm -hmm. as opposed to doubling down and refusing, like you were saying earlier, like mm -hmm. 
Wow. <laughs> if someone tells you you're wrong, maybe you push back once and then you're like, damn, I've been told I'm wrong by everybody. <laughs> should probably just change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is nice to see. I mean, like, God, I forgot what conversation I ever heard this about, but like, um, people, I forget what time period of this, of the Sopranos this was, whether it was just when it came out or years later and people were rewatching it. But at some point people complained about like, you know, uh, graphic, very harmful language in the Sopranos, perhaps like being homophobic at times. And it's like, well, do you think those guys are woke at all? <laughs> that that specifically as an example is <laughs> I I think that uh, one of the things I, I was way late to that show. I watched right. it oh, recently for the first time. And I think having missed how much everybody loved it when it first came out, it was right. like watching it be like I kind of hope that everyone in this show dies. <laughs> yeah. And right. then I just got to watch that play out for me. <laughs> yeah, right. So like if you watch that show and we're like, I love these guys, but they're kind of bad. I'm like you, I think you watched it wrong. I think you might also be bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the same people who uh, thought the Wolf of, of Wall Street was awesome for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, like people are entitled to take what they want away from the media they indulge in. But like, if you are going to say with your chest, uh, <laughs> I'm really rooting for this guy. I watched murder a woman. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, oh, I mean, like, I understand. I don't know. Now I'm all over the place. I understand the goal as a writer to make an unlikable protagonist. But something about <laughs> the two examples you use, I think are great. Cause it's like what I think the writer was going for versus what a huge, realm of the audience took away are so different <laughs> right right and uh it's so out of your control i i mean it's on is the it jake but is it if you know if you know that hateful people are there lurking around every corner and you still decide to put out questionable content with moral uncertainty are you not perpetuating are you not knowingly perpetuating a certain degree of hate jake hey i'm just asking questions <laughs> <laughs> Just asking questions. Yeah, I don't really, we don't have any hard feelings about this. I'm not gonna get on iOS and then go do comedy. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do love that. That is the the Trojan horse, the very poorly constructed Trojan horse that like right wing pun. Hey, I'm just asking questions, or even comedians on the uh, on the right wing side of things, or as I'm, I think I'm coining now the non left because. I don't know that they're necessarily right-wing <laughs> explicitly. Like, they wouldn't tell necessarily every audience that they might have voted for Trump or did vote or something. Have you, on that on that track, have you noticed the rule of threes getting used by these guys more and more? Oh, sure. They're, like, so good at it. It's, like, frustrating. Like, well, if, if, uh, if, like, what, if war is bad and famine is bad, then how are women people? And you're like, well, that's, I mean, I guess that's a, well, technically you wrote that bit, but you're a bad person. <laughs> that sounds like, you know how some scientists for some awful, inexplicable reason are dedicated to having AI figure out comedy? 
Like they'll feed it, they they'll feed an algorithm a bunch of jokes, and then it'll supposedly analyze that and yeah. spit out a joke. And it's that unconnected, like okay, technically that's a grammatically correct sentence, but this <laughs> this seems like you're about to have an aneurysm if I'm reading this right. <laughs> I read. I remember reading at one point that like in the next twenty years, they think that uh, they'll get it down to the the point where they don't need people to write things anymore. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of interested to see what happens after that. I want to talk to those people and see how boring their lives are. <laughs> like, what do you think constitutes entertainment, dude? <laughs> yeah. Um. It's uh has. Has there, I don't think there's been any controversy over this fool. Has there been any sort of like, have you encountered anything online or anything like that? I have not looked. I learned, at one point I finally learned my lesson to stop searching for any comments on anything you've ever done with your whole life. But I think that, I mean, I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I think that the reviews have mostly been positive And I think that, uh... Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think that's an accurate assessment. <laughs> I love the show. I think I think it's really, really great. And um, it's, I mean, it hits so many different notes in a really great way that, uh, yeah, I, I just can't stop singing its praises. The guys who created Corporate are very much a part of it, but it feels like it has tinges of that show, but it's very much like Chris, Chris's story. Yeah. Um, and it feels very much like that show, uh, like yeah, I do itself. A getting a chance to see those guys. Oh, is that my alarm telling me to be here? No. Uh, sorry about that. It's all right. Getting a chance to see, uh, those guys work together has been really cool because they have like a really good flow and an understanding. Right. And that's not something I feel like with stand up, it's like, oh, I'm going to go write this. And if I get it wrong, I'll just beat myself up. But getting right. to see them like work really well as a unit has been kind of inspiring. Right. And it's very upsetting that they all refuse to do stand up anymore. Chris is still going. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about Jake Weissman and Inga Bretson. I'm trying to drag them back. Uh, they said I I tried to have them do my tenth slash eleventh year anniversary, which I thought was a big enough of a trump card. To like, <laughs> all right, we don't do it anymore, but for this, and Matt was like, "That's very kind of you to think of me, but uh, we don't perform anymore." <laughs> yeah, I think they did what so many people do, which is move on and immediately become happier because of it. <laughs> Yes, it is a disturbing trend of, yeah. uh, and it, it's very rare, it seems, these days, where you get, like, Ian Carmel, who's, like, gotten more successful from being on The Late Late Show, but he's, like, making a comeback to stand-up. Yeah, he's been, he's been, yeah, I have been seeing his name out more. I mean, he is James's sidekick, so, like, on <laughs> camera, which is crazy, uh, I mean, for as many things as I like, I saw Gerard Carmichael when he was like crashing on somebody's couch, and now he's like one of the most successful comedian producers we have now. Um, but like, it's still wild for me to see uh, Ian just on camera next to James. <laughs> yeah, anytime, I mean, it's been anytime I see someone that we have known for a while in that position, it's like. It's, 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 I mean, this like one first, most sincere feeling, genuine excitement and joy often right. to see someone that you have rooted for succeed. 
Additionally to that, Mm-hmm. So demystifying. You're like right. all these people that I was like, oh, when I grew up, that would be so cool. And I'm like, you were just some drunk five years ago. Why did I yeah. ever? <laughs> like, right. That's not about anyone specific. Although it could also be about anyone. So I don't. It know. It could be about anyone. I there's a. I, I remember hearing an interview with Zach Galifianakis, um, and he was back in the days when he would perform at UCB all the time before he's mega famous. Um, him and his sort of contemporaries would just see like a still unbelievably gorgeous John Hamm just like stumble around LA <laughs> and they were like, you know, guys, charming, looks good, but uh, Lord knows if he'll ever do anything. <laughs> and just to know that that was the opinion of John Hamm. And now he's one of the more successful actors that we have. Yeah. There's hope for everybody. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. really, 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 really good looking. <laughs> if you're really, really good looking. Like, frustratingly good looking. <laughs> uh, you want to do some comedy news, Curtis? I think we have to, or you get kicked off your network. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll start off. Yeah, we'll start off with this first one. Um, so it has been announced uh, that Trevor Noah will be leaving The Daily Show to return to stand-up. Um, and that will happen later this year. Uh, and da- uh, Comedy Central is considering a bunch of alternatives. Most recently, uh, it has been revealed that they were considering a a revolving uh, trio of hosts, uh, perhaps promoted internally. The picture that showed up on Deadline showed Ronnie Chang and Roy Wood Jr. and Desi Ludic. But, um, yeah, I don't... Is that the way to go? Should they get one host? I'm still... For outside hire, dark horse. That's my, my opinion. They should get some new blood, make it a whole new show, like they did with Trevor. Oh, do you, who, do you have anyone in your in the in the that you're thinking? Cameron Esposito. That's who I'd want to host the Daily Show. I could see that. Because Cameron has a warmth that is just like I want to see Cameron just talk. I haven't had, thought about this at all. Sorry, I even looked at the article when you sent it, and I, when I never formed an opinion. I, was like, <laughs> I, I, I read it, and I was like, I uh, yeah. And then I uh, sorry, man, dropped the ball. I forgot to have a take. <laughs> I, oh man, that's great. I feel uh, bad because I like my gut instinct is like, if I'm not getting paid by that show, I don't give a shit who's running it. But I also, I guess I should care about cultural institutions. But should I, Jake? Or am I just allowing myself to fall fucking complacent and allow things that have existed to continue existing because it brings me a sense of comfort? Yeah, I think black and white thinking like that, Curtis, it leads to inaction and just doesn't make a fucking difference at all. So like... <laughs> Unfortunately, we live in, in such a nuanced world where having to deal with some 
systems that are problematic in place are just the way forward, unfortunately. I don't think I don't think it's nuanced at all, Jake. I think it's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Well, do you have an answer for Sam B taking off the air and Jesus Amaro parting ways and uh, you know, who well hopefully Z Way <laughs> will get like five more seasons on Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, what I, uh, I want everyone to have, I want everyone decent to have success. Uh, if they bring these three people in, I hope that it allows them to continue to grow and expand their audience so that they right. can continue making money and exploring their voices. Uh, if it goes to a dark horse candidate like Cameron Esposito, that's also cool. I like when people who've been kind of been left out of the conversation get a chance to be a part of it right i uh i don't watch late night shows i think they're bad i think so this I, is your take i think this, this is your take, take. so yeah. i want to be perfect i will be perfectly clear good for everyone involved if they're good right i am not gonna watch it okay i guess i'll ask this as a final thing on this on this story do you think having more than one host would make it more like we can update when it shouldn't be? I guess I, I, I only read the headline. I don't want to misrepresent my degree of information here, but were they saying that the, all three of them would do each episode or they would rotate who does what? I think they're open to reimagining either scenario, but I think they might be rotating hosting duties but also i do i think that would probably amount to them being at the desk at the same time at some point i feel like people have really tried and failed to, to come up with uh, uh refillable panel shows right uh i feel like Is everyone's it... trying to copy bill maher but i also don't know that anyone likes that show so i don't really and yet it's it, can, it continues on that is one of those ones where I've never seen someone say a good thing, but apparently every week you're watching it to get mad. What's going on? Not yeah, you, one. Yeah, but Deadline recaps it every fucking Sunday. And like, okay, I guess people are still watching Bill go, new rule. <laughs> I get, this is where you're catching me at a, you're catching me at, at a, where I'm not trying to be like media trained on you. I'm just like, I like have reached a point now, not like that. That makes it sound like I climbed a mountain rather than just gained a little bit of awareness. I have come across new information in my life that has made me realize that I will think a show is a piece of a horrid piece of shit and I'll still watch it to be like, there's a baby writer in there who got insurance this year. That's fucking adult. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I think about this all the time. Everybody who's been on SNL for the last 10 years and all the new cast members have talked endless mad shit about Saturday Night Live and how like stale it is. And of course, I'm glad that they got the platform to be on a, a broadcast network every Saturday and they're like, their name becomes kind of a household name. Yeah. Like, I'm happy for that. And I begrudgingly watch the clips as long as I can every Sunday morning. I don't, good for you. I don't even watch the clips. The Cleveland comic Marcelo just got it. And I was like, fucking hell yeah. I'm yeah. still not turning in, but you're fucking crushing it, dude. And I'm happy for you. 
if you see Sarah Squirm post a like get like trending because of an SNL sketch, it might be worth watching because there it seems like she's on a path to being allowed to be more weird. Yeah, that was when she. I don't. Maybe she started this way, but I saw like a thumbnail when she was wearing what she normally wears, and I was like, ah, oh, hell yeah, they didn't make you do shit different. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah they're like to do some weird stuff. Uh, okay. I like Next... that. I, sorry, I'm again. I fucking again. I'm not a big podcast guy because it's like so I'm just gonna have a. I'm gonna be joking around with somebody, and it's gonna be recorded in posterity on an uncontrollable network of wires for the rest of eternity. Right. So I just want to like follow back up and repeat one more time. I'm happy for all these people. I'm glad they're getting paid and they're getting opportunities. Just because I don't watch something doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means it's not quite for me at this time. You want me to include that in the show notes? If you could just like loop that like every five minutes when we talk about something, be like, Curtis got a little carried away having fun with Jake, but ultimately he's happy for his peers. <laughs> Some funny. of them. No, I'm happy for them. I'd say what would be really funny is if you had that on like a loop on your phone and you just played that either at the top of your set or very select portions <laughs> of your set. <laughs> <laughs> or like hey. por- portions of your set where you want to give permission to like yourself to just rip somebody apart. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to. I, uh, I don't. It's just, I guess it's like what you're like when I'm, when I'm not trying to like be obtuse or like silly, it's like, ah, I don't know. I think there's some complicated things going on here, but I don't want to talk about them because someone's on their come up. So <laughs> which. <laughs> Then is the reason that the things, I'm just in a loop of like, we're all wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes me think, of, there's a Bill Hicks bit where he like, he rips Jay Leno a new one for like, I think selling Doritos. But he co- he offers a caveat of like, yeah, I mean, if you need the money, I get it. Bold move for a Star Wars boy, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, people forget that about Bill. What's up? People forget that about Bill. That, that he's he... a Star Wars character? That he's a fucking... That's fine. It's fine. No, no. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm talking about Bill Hicks, not Bill Burr. Oh. I don't know which Bill is which Bill. There's all this angry white person category for me. One's a redhead. One's bald, and one died of cancer? Yeah, one died of cancer, and then that's their, their unaired Letterman set went to... Uh, they finally aired it. And he's the one who did the flying saucer tour where he goes to little towns and yells at them for not being as educated as him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's there's problems with Bill, for sure. <laughs> also, I do think, uh, I, I do kind of like the, he has a bit about like, hey, if you're in marketing, you're any type of marketing, kill yourself. Oh, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, there's, he's also fine. I don't know why I'm just saying things about things. Everything, I don't care. He's dead. What what am I going to be mad? Unless someone's like, we found out that he's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's a weird thing of like, um, if someone's dead and people are then going and doing the thing where they're going through all their social media or, you know, things that work before that and anything that's on tape before that. And then what, I mean, what, what, what effect is that supposed to have in the future going forward? You know, 
I don't even know anymore with that shit, man. Like, mm -hmm. I feel... Uh, it's like the shit we were talking about with, like... First of all, I don't know what I'm talking about. So, the <laughs> caveats left and right. I hate being on podcast. I... <laughs> you're being, time, you're great, man! Every time someone's like, here's kind of something I would like to... Do you have an opinion on this? I'm like, I'll let's talk to you about this uh, alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I have... I I... I do not think that this will last right. forever. No. I presently am like, and I was not like this way, this in the past. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm just kind of like washing my hands of, not not like, but like I'm just not gonna, I'm not, I don't wanna talk shit about, right now, in this moment, it'll probably change as soon as I turn this off and then I'll tell <laughs> a fucking joke and so it'll be like, I listened to the Comedy Brew podcast, and I'd be like, why? But I'm glad you supported Jake, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that happens. <laughs> I like if, if no one. Maybe I shouldn't say no one. I would say an incredibly select few people mm -hmm. are doing what they need to do to make a difference. And the rest of us are talking about whether or not someone trying to make a difference is doing as much as we who are doing absolutely nothing are doing and so i'm just kind of like if somebody did something to you and he's dead and you want his legacy to be a little tarnished good a little bit actually that's fine right 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 <laughs> but also like you know it's like with that kanye shit we know that it's not gonna change any like these people you could people have done such terrible things to get forgiven because one time they told a funny bit like the right. game's over right i guess my thing is that okay so in in the idea that you have a finite amount of energy to like give a shit with all these sort of things oh i didn't mean sorry i didn't mean it like that my bad no 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 no. i i i don't know if we're on the same wavelength <laughs> let, let me let me get to the end of the point i think for me um i try to more focus like my time and energy on like shining a light on things rather than like if there's like something that's you know quantifiably bad or problematic like i think there is a certain ceiling you reach with like calling it out over and over you know like I, yeah and rather than give more energy to like complaining about crystalia fucking playing more and more in bigger venues i'd rather like highlight people that deserve more attention that for any number of reasons haven't gotten it like Roz Hernandez Roz is so so funny and I want people to know that so I try to dedicate more energy to that and save the shit talking mainly for staying in the back of a comedy show and whispering to other comics I appreciate that and I think yeah. the nice thing kind of with what you were saying about how you look at comedy as like a, a changing group of people versus a couple of like figureheads is it's nice as that like so it can be one person can take on the role of like i'm gonna tell these fucking venues that i know they're fucking up mm -hmm. and you can be the person who's like i'm gonna let them handle that and use my platform to let lesser known names become hopefully better known and i guess the theory that has never really worked out is that eventually the culmination of all this will enact the change we wish to see but i don't even know 
the change is happening. It's just so painfully incremental. Yeah, I think I think this is like. I mean, this is not like fun, uh, <laughs> but I feel like. But but it is telling that I saw Just Tom. You know Just Tom? No. Just Tom's best set in New York. Just Tom. Um, I don't even know exactly what their pronouns are because I do believe they are non-binary. But they. They, it's good I, that it's good that you're gonna record whatever you say next to exist forever. Just, yeah. uh, no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure at all. No, uh Jess told a joke about being non-binary and then revealed like, oh, that was a joke I've been telling for some years. And I recently was on a show with three other non-binary comedians, and people were like, Yeah. And Jess went, like, well, that's great. But that means I have to like have jokes now and I can't just be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I like that. I yeah, like so that. Yeah, so that that's like a point of progress. Yeah, I think I I I I definitely did not mean if it sounded like I like I was being this guy. I did not mean to discount that change has been made and that sure. we are moving forward. Right. I think that sometimes mm -hmm. I want people to also acknowledge that like <laughs> incremental along the road of incremental change we take some pretty big losses on the other like lane yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and so sure. like it's it's uh it's not me saying that things don't get better it's me saying that things as they get better also sometimes get worse <laughs> and mm -hmm. we should probably not ignore that side of things as much as sometimes i feel like we, we should we but also jake why why aren't we talking about this <laughs> Why did this happen? What is, what is, who's going to listen to this and go, thank God Curtis and Jake shared their thoughts on change. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you, Comedy Bureau and a guy. I mean, I've shared thoughts on fucking geopolitics and uh, quantum mechanics on this fucking podcast, man. It's fine. Were you talking to geomechanics and quantum scientists? No. Then I don't want to hear it, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> If I have to hear one, this is why I always, uh, this is, because this is how I, I feel like, I know you're not trying to trick me, but this uh -huh. is how I feel like I got tricked, is I'm like, I'm having a conversation with someone I know, a friend of mine, and I feel like, this is what we're doing right now, is just two guys, talk a little shit, but it's also a performance, so it's right. not really a, it, and now we have to be safe and cautious, and we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be the most thoughtful comedian out there. That's not true, and it's not true. I said might. I said might be. I think that's a big qualifier that's still false. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm conscious of it being a performance, but also, I don't know, I've done like 134 of these, and then I did like 80 some episodes of a different podcast that even had less structure, if you can believe it. Um, this is pretty structured, yeah. Yeah, and, like, that one was, like, a really great exercise in just, like, keeping the ball in the air and just, like, having conversation and not hitting, like, a dead spot. And my co-host was often not a big help with that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that this one is going uh, better, would you say? It, yeah, it's going, nice. it's going a lot better. Yeah, I think I, I have all, all of it worked out. Next news story. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel I feel like you wanted a lifeline to something else. No, I I just I just uh, no I this is where I'm just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to express that I'm glad that you're. I mean, this is, this is why part of me is like I want I want you to hear mm-hmm. and thus your audience to hear that I am glad you have mm-hmm. continued growing and moving forward with something you're clearly passionate about. Right. I feel like the funny podcast thing to say is you should fucking quit. And now we're <laughs> at an impasse. Right, right, right. <laughs> Not comedy, podcast. Podcasts are bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, comedy, yeah. however, nothing but good things to say about that. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and there, therein lies the paradox of comedy podcasts. Um, I don't know, insert Joe Rogan take here if you guys want to. <laughs> I'm not even saying to you, to the listener, like, you uh, you do the math. I'm not opening that can of I've never. Oh, no, we're not. On. We're not. No, that's officially closed. We're going on to the oh, next great. news story. Um, can you just play back that thing about the happiness I have for success? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to do Rogan. Oh, okay. I, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. It feels like you're reading out a greeting card. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's just like a certain tonal change sometimes when people, uh, they have to make a, they have to make a statement publicly. Oh it's yeah, like, that's yeah. And it's fun. like it's not legalese, but it's like okay, you obviously consulted with legal counsel, and oh yeah, you're talking like you never talk. Oh, those weren't like whenever someone says like vitriol, it's like all right, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you didn't know that word till today. <laughs> um. Okay. So there's going to be a new Naked Gun because, uh, you know, reboots uh, still make enough money for Hollywood to keep making them. Um, They are trying to bait people by having Liam Neeson star in the Leslie Nielsen role and uh, bringing on Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island. So it would seem cool and nostalgic. Um, I don't know. I've been so disenchanted with uh reboots that i just want to see i want to see original stuff so bad that even if i see something that's original that's like all right there's like problems i will forgive a lot of those problems because it's like at least this was not based on anything (laughs) yeah i watch a i watch a decent amount of uh genre fiction and you're like Oh, there's this is not very good, but goddamn, I'll watch something with a demon in it, so I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> right. Um, you're on a, a roll with things I have no take or opinion on. I've never seen hell, the Naked Gun movies. Yeah. Uh, I know that that guy, the original guy that you had mentioned, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. I hear that Leslie Nielsen is very respected and yes. admired as a person, so I think uh-huh. that's cool. And I guess, uh-huh. hopefully. Uh, Hopefully it's done in a way that I guess is respectful to his uh, memory if he's that attached to, to this character. But right. I think a lot of his fans are dead, and now mm-hmm. why pretend that anyone's <laughs> holding on to the memory of dead comics? Well, um, box office numbers or streaming numbers, we'll see who is right uh, whenever <laughs> that gets made. Um, how How... How many more people that you grew up admiring do you think you'll watch put in the ground only to have the legacy they spent years curating 
be destroyed by people trying to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, uh, I was asking it in a fun way, though. Yeah, no, I know you were asking it in a fun way, but that made me think of, I, like, dragged myself through uh, Gabriel Iglesias' new special that he, like, uh, recorded at Dodger Stadium. Sorry, I know that you had a little mix-up with pronouns earlier, but it's Fluffy? Oh, yeah, yeah. It goes by Fluffy Fluffy. <laughs> Does he? Is it Fluffy now? I've, I've seen all his merch just as Fluffy. I felt like he dropped his I name. mean, nah, he's, like, old school. Like, it's, like, he gets brought on stage probably as, like, no, not probably, as Gabriel, like, Fluffy Iglesias or Gabriel okay. Iglesias. And That's cool. Yeah, I think it's more of like a nickname, but... He's also someone I don't... I mean, unless I haven't heard something, I have nothing negative to say about the man. The special is two hours. Oh, well, that's, you know, not for me. <laughs> and, like, historically, I've never seen this as a special. He shows the audience that he's running the light by 37 minutes. Like, he's supposed to contractually do an hour. He went over by 37 minutes. Shows the audience that there's like a timer on stage that the audience can't see. Turns it around and it says 37 minutes. And then he like goes to the audience by saying like, what oh, do you want me to keep going? And everybody, of course, wants him to keep going. And then uh, he does, he does so many like, we were having fun here, and you're, like, you know, checking yourself and, like, oh, I wish people success and all. He does that legitimately so many times in these two hours. And, in fact, when he, like, goes past the point of that hour 37 mark, he has this whole speech of, like, I am contractual. I have met my contractual obligations to Netflix and the city of Los Angeles for this special, and now this is legally a fluffy hang. And if you don't like it, you can go fuck off. That's fine. Yeah. But okay, also, yeah. like, it, it's still being released as a Netflix special. So, like, I mean, it's so interesting for a guy that is, you know, I think, I don't want to say that he's synonymous with, like, being, uh, like, uncensored and unfiltered or whatever. But I do think of fluffy is someone who says what he wants at least in appearance and then there's so many like he then proceeds to tell this whole story about like i'm worried that i might get canceled because of this tape where i got really drunk and did oh i did hear about that i did hear about that and i mean anyway i mean anyone doing anyone worried about like you know it's a marketing device and he is uh, and this is not to denigrate his, because uh, I really am not super. I saw him on Comedy Central Presents, or I think he had a special on Comedy Central years ago. Mm-hmm. I saw as a young person, and I thought it was funny. And I really have not followed him since. So, right. unless you are have like some, unless you're going to be like I had heard a little, I you know, right. I'm like I. Um, he, to my understanding, and please correct me if this is wrong since we're recording it for posterity uh, jake right uh is he's a really good businessman right like sure. he is and that 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 the business uh mindedness that he has has helped him advance his comedy mm-hmm. you know i guess one hand washes the other but like mm-hmm. that feels to me like 
if you if you have a stadium or was it a stadium? Yeah, he sold out Dodger t Stadium twice. Yeah, if you sell out Dodger Stadium to record a special that's going to be released to the entire world and talk about cancel culture, I feel like you're either very dumb, which I don't believe this guy is, or you yeah. you crunch the numbers and know how to brand. Right, and you talk to a bunch of people about like how to say what you're about to say. Yeah, and yeah. I I'll, just because I. God, I, these they make me so subconscious because I but I just want to hang a hang a hat on it because I feel like uh -huh. it, it my saying that he crunched the numbers or is good at business is not like on some art versus corporation bullshit. Mm -hmm. They work together. I'm just saying, sure, as a as background information about my understanding of this guy, it's not meant to be an insult, right? Thanks. I would really hate Fluffy to get his feelings hurt when he listens to the Comedy Bureau podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depending on what episode he listens to, he might. <laughs> well, he can be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, no, you can be. Yeah, the opinions, <laughs> the opinions expressed by guests on the Comedy Bureau Phil Report are the opinions of those guests and those guests alone. You're making kind of a bold, like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like we've been pretty safe uh, this episode. I hope sure in a way that is not particularly boring to you or your listeners, but like, no. running, being, like, because you. Like, I know that I'm not being safe out of, like, fear of getting work. It's just right. because, like, the shit freaks me out. And I've been sure. wrong about so much before that to go on record feels weird. To casually go on record is, like, ins an insane thing that people do every day. And I we've know. all done it so poorly that we just won't learn our lesson. Absolutely. But you're, like, in City the council. game. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but you're in the, like, you you... Like to run a comedy podcast about comedy where you talk about comedians mm -hmm. and in certain ways critique them, right? But still be in the game. That's kind of like a I don't know if it would be considered a flex or a terrible mistake, but like, <laughs> what, how do you feel about has that impacted you at all? Has it affected how mm. you navigate your goals on the performance side? Um, See, so I don't think it's affected my overall trajectory, if I'm even in, I use the word trajectory very loosely here. Um, but that said, my performance goals uh, often take a backseat to everything else I do in comedy um, because I just don't have the time or bandwidth for it. So... I know full well, not even from necessarily ruffling feathers that don't, don't prefer to be ruffled. Um, and like, that's what's holding me back performing. Like, I don't, I don't really even think about that. Like, I, I know that I haven't progressed necessarily uh, as far along in comedy as some other people that I started around the same time with have. Uh, because I have chosen a different path. And I, just, and I just know it comes like with the territory. Like if I, the amount of time that I put into the comedy bureau and writing about comedy and like fostering community and highlighting people and so on and so forth, if that was all pushed just to me writing and working on jokes, I'd be a much sharper comedian. <laughs> But your passion lies in kind of that that uh, that different lane. 
a different lane. Well, in both lanes, to a differing percentage. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like it, it took on a vibe like I was grilling you, which was no. not my intention. I was right, just right. curious about how you navigate kind of a not something I think like I think the reason a lot of critics stop. Right. Whatever they're critiquing, why they stop engaging in that platform is that they can be safe in their critiques, and so right. you do well, something for, that you don't hear about. Right. Well, I'll I'll say this: as far as like outward critiques, like when I write, when I put stuff in print uh, on the bureau as like this is front facing, this is what the bureau is about. Um, I want to highlight comedy, and so I critique by omission. If I don't like it, if it's not my thing, I don't waste time and inches saying like, this is shitty, this is not funny, and this is why. Because that's not really helpful to anybody. Like, people who agree with you are just gonna agree with you. People that disagree with you won't even read it, and definitely won't change their mind because they found it funny in the first place. Oh, um, I think that's a very smart way of doing it. I've, I, I, it's definitely, there's a, at least one website that specifically comes to mind where they review everything, mm -hmm. and the reviewers are all young, up-and-coming comedians, and so everything gets a, it's good. <laughs> and you're like, why are you doing this to these people? This is unfair to them. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Well, good for you for having figured out a way around that. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, if people want to ask my honest opinion, uh, I will give it to them. And if people especially want to ask my honest opinion about them, specifically in regards to performance, I'll usually be like, do you really want me to tell you? And I'll ask like maybe even another time. And I hope that would clue them in on like, you know, I don't know if you're gonna want to hear what I have to say. I, I don't want to be too judgmental, but anyone who walks up mm -hmm. to someone and boldface says, tell me what you think about me, I think is too far gone to reconsider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Unless you fall in line with what they were already thinking. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Often, just a game that's not fun to play on any angle. Yeah. I will say there there is a momentary sort of uh, fleeting joy I get of sometimes. Like, people will offhand just ask that to me. Not often, but they'll ask it and I'll be like, oh, it, I'm thinking of a very specific instance that happened relatively recently where someone I saw someone who I had seen for years be around shows, but I never saw them go up. And I saw them go up, and it was like, ooh. And uh, they asked, oh, you saw me for the first time. What'd you think? And I'm like, it looked like you were having fun up there. And they that took the wind right out of them. And they, like, and they, they just, like, shrunk and turned away. Ooh. Ooh. That's, I mean, that sucks. <laughs> it does, but it's like, they, they were just seeking unchecked validation in a way where I, I don't, I, I, I feel like there's like a part of me that feels morally opposed to that. It's a strange, it, 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 they should do the healthy thing and just get it from the strangers they've entertained <laughs> yeah forever right i mean that's always the thing and I, i'm sure there you've either gone through this or seen people go through this where it's like you made an audience laugh and then you're asking like comics who were at the show like oh do you like 
you did your job and you did it well. Like, who gives a shit whether the other comics think? I guess I definitely have. I definitely have. Yeah. I think especially like newer, like wanting. I remember starting and wanting so badly for like this handful of people to like put their cigarettes out and come in. Mm-hmm. And like when you get that, you're like, okay, hell yeah, this feels yeah. great. Even though then you don't stop doing comedy, Jake, for 10, 10 years and you look back and realize that you were a teenager looking for validation from alcoholics who are no longer allowed <laughs> to drive their own cars and that every facet of your life as an adult was framed by the false idea you had of personhood when you were a fucking child. But <laughs> it feels good at the time. Yeah. Um, but I feel yeah, like you're still supposed to look for it non-verbally. <laughs> right. So people will tell you good job. People will, you'll see people like to ask for it is, um, <laughs> I don't, why am I talking? Like I'm surprised comedians are missing social cues. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Ugh. Yeah. And that, I mean that I feel like it even takes time to figure out that that's like a red flag. Like as oh, soon yeah. as you get the, the gut feeling of like, I want to know, I want somebody to say that I did good. Like, well, how did you think you did? You know, it makes me sad a little bit now. Not to like, I mean, I don't want to sound like uh, pity these poor pathetic soul, but like, I uh, sometimes I, 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 what I should do is be like, that was a strange choice you made and then carry on with my life. But sometimes I'll be like, I wonder if you just really don't have anyone who has ever expressed to you that they saw what you did and were happy. And were you five <laughs> years old going, mom, please watch me jump off this swing and got nothing. And now you're out here asking Jake what the fuck he thinks about your goddamn set. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I even make allowance, especially at open mics, I think it's, it's part and parcel of figuring out comedy and doing comedy that you're like bad at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like, so all I want to see is growth, but if I see, and I mean, I like to refer to these people as the ghosts of Christmas comedy future. Um, they like just phrasing. Thanks, man. They <laughs> just do the same terrible, like just bomb fueled five minutes for years and they don't change a goddamn thing. And I'm Can like, you, if you don't like my act, I don't know why you had me on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I know that I've been a little repetitive, but I'm really trying to tinker these bits out, and I need your support. <laughs> Man, too bad we're on Zoom, or I do like that s- stupid scene edit that improvisers do, where you run across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> this made me love Zoom so much more. Too yeah. bad we're not. Too bad. <laughs> too bad for Zoom, where I'd act like an improviser. <laughs> <laughs> Man, is there a is there a more like uh, or a less energetic run than that run? It feels like the least inspired run I've ever seen is just an improviser improviser trying to end a scene and la- dragging their feet one in front of the other. <laughs> oh, I do. I I I, I mean, I I love to make fun of improv, but I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it in the past. You can put that on record, but I love the difference. Like you, it's like, it's like the little ticks you see come out of a comic, a standup who's having a hard time for whatever reason. It's like the wipe of a good, we finished a good skit versus the wipe of like, we gotta stop now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. 
just brings me joy. Yeah. Um, Chris, I, I, I think it's getting to that time. It um, is, if you don't mind. You have it, not, not at all. Thank you. I, I feel like we could go up for hours and hours, but I don't want to keep you. Hey, man, we can always hang out, and you don't have to monetize the conversation we have. Oh, yeah, this isn't monetized, trust me. Oh, great. <laughs> so this is for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you if there's a currency exchange on clout, uh, I guess. I don't know. I don't People... think that's working for either of us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two guys who would have talked to each other anyways, talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we kid, but I, dude, I gotta tell you, some, there were some podcasts that, like, I see me through some of the darkest times, and it was, it, sometimes it was just down to, like, I find this voice comforting, I kind of like what they talk about, but I don't need to focus in entirely, so I'm just gonna have their episodes just go all the way on Apple Podcasts, and I'm just gonna, like, lay in bed and, uh, you know, or sit in my car and hope that quarantine ends at some point. Appreciate that. I mean, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm, I'm married to someone I love, so I don't need it, but yeah, that's a that for people big, like you. Whoa, way to float your, has anybody said that marital privilege? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, I am. See, this is why I will, but I uh, know I am sincerely, uh, I am sincerely happy for you and for anyone else who, uh, found any source of comfort in anything that is healthy and conducive to uh, mental support on that end. I don't believe that this podcast will do that for not. I mean, not your, <laughs> this specific episode, I think, is not going to do that for anyone. I uh -huh. can't picture someone. <laughs> it's my darkest hour. Better listen to Jake and Curtis riff on improv. But yeah, go listen to Kelly Bachman and Dylan Adler's episode where they talk about making an album about being uh, survivors. That oh. that. That'll that'll do that one for you. Oh, it's great. They made a whole album called Rape Victims Are Horny Too." It's so funny. Oh, okay. Now I didn't really have a lot of context, so I wasn't sure how to react right. on recording forever. But knowing that this is a real thing that two people did out of a good place. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. They basically did like a musical review that's very funny about being rape survivors. I do not have any comment for you at this time, <laughs> but I will look into that and we can talk about it off mic. <laughs> you ever see in this in the loop, Curtis? Yeah, I have. It feels like you're being coached with it. It was a busy time <laughs> and uh, I, that did not come to my attention. So I will put that matter to rest at a time to be determined. <laughs> I, I am sure that it's a, a, a solid album and I would love to support the people who made it, but the words you used to describe it were all like, get out of this now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was the amazing part of it is they very use very choice, intentional language to normalize their experiences and not have them feel othered. That's them. really good. I, yeah. I do. I mean, that's people I think are so quick to complain about conceptual ideas like that but those are kind of the things that i really like to see because they feel like not like to see because that you know what i see fuck <laughs> so where can people find you online <laughs> is there anything uh, else you like to i wish my gosh jake thank you so much for asking i hope that all the people who listen to this podcast find me and only say nice things to me at curtis underscore cook on twitter and curtis cook comedy on instagram great you can uh, uh you can uh you can uh 
Wow. And you know, you can check a lovely website called thecomedybureau.com and sometimes you'll see where I'm going to be at around town. It's a lovely resource uh, for and by comedians. Very thankful for it. Thank you so much, Curtis. Uh, and I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. Jake, uh, how do you spell bureau for the people at home who are normal? Because <laughs> I've B- never gotten it right the first time. <laughs> B-U-R-E-A-U. Uh, when you I say lo- it, it sounds so easy. <laughs> I know. Oh, elementary school spelling bee champ right here. Sorry. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. For something that has not amounted to anything that I have achieved. Uh, anyways. What were you going to do with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm a fifth grade spelling bee champ. Please, everyone <laughs> like me. This is all the cultural cachet that I have. I do think you should, if, if ever you're trying to get work, I do think you should put it on other in your resume. I think that would be a fun conversation starter. Yes, especially for the things that I go for. If you're even reading my resume, then I'm not getting the job. Like, I'm been like referred, <laughs> and that's why you're talking to me. So yeah, I'll make my resume more fun. Um, you can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket, on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. Somebody great causes support this time, so I'd ask that you please support those. But if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running for another twelve years or more, or however long I live on this mortal coil do you have anything to say as we sign off curtis thank you so much for having me (laughs) (laughs) i I don't don't know it's perfect it's great uh live comedy is happening go check it out and as the great brody stevens would say enjoy it Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.